0: Less Doing episode 115 with Manish Sethi of Pavlok. Welcome to the Less Doing podcast. Less Doing, more living,
1: more living, more living, more living. Hi, I'm Ari Meisel and this is The Art of Less Doing.
0: Awesome.
1: I'm going to teach you how to optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life, including your health, in order to be more effective. I want you to stress less, free up as much time as possible, and do the things you want to do. Optimize, automate, outsource. And we are back with episode 115. I still have Nick here. Hey, Nick.
0: Hey, how's it going, Ari?
1: Great. Been a long time. Um, so, Very long. <laughs> uh, so. This episode, it, that was a 115 with Manish Sethi, who is a creator of the Pavlock. And the Pavlock is a device I've talked about before on the podcast, which is a wristband that shocks you when you do bad things. So it helps you make or break habits extremely quickly. And it's it's incredibly effective for things like stopping smoking. Um, breaking port addiction, actually, is one of the things they've used it for. I personally tried it out for... Uh, cutting out sugar cravings and it actually was pretty effective and uh, it, it's an amazing device it can make you help you make or break i'm sorry it can help you make good habits or break bad ones in record time so uh, – and you'll get to try this out. Everyone will get to try this out at the Less Doing Live event as well. And, again, that is lessdoinglive.com where you can sign up for a free coaching call with one of my certified coaches, get an hour-long call, totally free, and really get some valuable resources to up your productivity and then find out about the big event we've got going on May 1st through 3rd. So without further – So did it help
0: you? Did it help you cut out the sugar? Well,
1: so my problem isn't so much that I actually – partake in too much sugar because i'm I'm pretty I'm, I'm pretty good about self-discipline usually uh, what it was is that every now and then especially like i don't know if it was the holidays or just like when things are generally more stressful in my life um, I, I get sugar cravings and i think that that's it's just something that's been in me for a long time so i wanted to see if this actually stopped the cravings and the interesting thing about it is that to use this kind of technology to break a habit you have to partake in the habit. So I had to actually eat something like sugary and then shock myself while I was eating it. Uh, And then, you know, when I picked up the package or whatever it was, shock myself. So it was interesting. I did it for about a week and I I noticed like it became like it's this week. It's very easy for me to not. I, I don't even think about it now. So I don't know if that means it was really effective or it just helped me kind of get back on track a little bit. but. Yeah, so it's weird to me. The sugar cravings sort of pop off every now and then, and I'm not always perfect about not giving into them, honestly, but it's okay. Yeah, so the Pavlov, you get to try it out. Everyone can try it out. But uh, there's a bunch of things that Manish brought up. One of them, and he talks about these, so I don't want to get too much into it, but one of them was he's basically really into habit change. Like he's all about his, his website is called hack the system. And he, one of the things he did before, while he was like researching this to figure this out was that he hired a girl on Craigslist to slap him in the face every time he went on Facebook. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's a really great video. He's sitting there and he goes on Facebook and she just slaps him. Um, she's paying him $8 an hour. So, um, it's just kind of, in a way, it's like kind of awkward, but it's also really funny and it worked. Um, and he really cut down on his Facebook usage. And his productivity went up like 98%, basically. And this was all according to uh, Rescue Time. So basically, that kind of like jolt to the system that hits that like mammalian brain really does help with stopping that underlying uh, desire, desire to do stuff.
0: If this is what he's into when he's just like casually. You know, having fun the afternoon. I wonder what he get up, gets up to at night when he's yeah, you know, out <laughs> drinking.
1: <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to take it to another level again. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the first service I want to talk about is called Flip Lingo. And the best way to describe this is it's like IFTTT for translations. So it's uh, it's really cool. Basically... There's so many sites out there that do translation. There's a lot of sites that do automation of translation. But you can basically do IFTTT kind of stuff, such as um, if I post on Facebook, translate it to Spanish, and then post it on Tumblr. You know, Or if I post on Instagram, translate it to Japanese, and then post it on Twitter.
0: You can't uh, do that already with Zapier and IFTTT with like Google Translator?
1: Um, I don't think that there's a built-in functionality for Google Translator. And I guess, you know, technically, yes, you can send it to someone, have them repost it, but this automates the whole process. Which, what, what's useful about this is if you're doing it like in a big, like in a lot of volume, for instance, you know, like, um, if you're posting a lot of information on Facebook and Twitter for your company, and then you decide that you want to break into a Spanish-speaking market, so now you want to have everything you post be in Spanish also, it's probably easier to do it this way.
0: And is it fully automated, or is there an actual person that's doing the translation?
1: It is. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it's real people, real people, but it's it, but it's in real time. So, gotcha. Yeah,
0: cool.
1: So it's a cool idea, and, and, and on the one hand, this this allows you for little cost and in a really easy way to expand into other languages. Because you know, for instance, I have a lot of followers uh, of less doing in um in Indonesia. I don't know why that is, but I do. Um so you know it, it, in that kind of situation maybe it'd be worthwhile for me to start posting stuff in the local dialect, you know. So maybe every time I post some, and this is one of the options, but every time I post something to WordPress, it will translate it and then post it to you know another WordPress site that I have just for that language for instance. Kind of cool. cool. Yeah. Okay, this is a good one. This is an explicit podcast, everybody. So if you don't like if you don't like curse words, just turn off your headphones or your car stereo for a second. But this company is called Shit Express. <laughs> showing the power of marketing selling shit to people since October 2014. Now I, I, I wanna preface this by saying I don't I'm not
0: a good, <laughs> oh man! <laughs>
1: I'm not including this link because of what they do. I'm including this link because of the success that they've had in such a short amount of time. Um, so what Shit Express does is for <laughs> sorry for 1695, which is kind of a funny number, honestly. They will package, ship, and include a personal message along with a box of horse poop, okay? so And it's sent anonymously to anyone, anywhere in the world. Now, in 30 days, they made $10,000 in sales, okay? They had 490,000 unique visitors, and they got mentioned on 500 websites, referral travel, 1,600 sources, and they have shipped poop to 60, 36 different countries. I now, mean...
0: This is <laughs> this is so weird and awesome at the same time. It's so do, do they weird and awesome. What they need to have is when you open the box, they have to have like a built-in camera or video to take a picture of the person's face. You know, yeah. there's some apps that do that. Yeah. That would be awesome for this. That would be that would be the uh, the upgraded version. Yes.
1: Now, yeah. and, and the funniest thing. is So it's anonymous, right? And you can even send it. it you can send it using Bitcoin, so it's really anonymous and. Uh, they send it in like a Tupperware thing. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. What? I, so okay. There's a number of angles here. First of all, you can choose the animal.
0: <laughs> I mean, is there? Um, is, is it? Like, for what? A, like, <laughs> do people have like certain occasions where they prefer to be a horse versus a pig or something like, I, well,
1: I mean, is it like, you know, I hate you so much that I want you to get pig shit or like, this is just funny. So I'm going to send you a horse. Like, I don't know if that's how it works. Is, uh, the, is
0: there a difference in price depending on which animal you're choosing?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's 1695 regardless. Obviously this person or this company has access to a lot of animal instrument, treatment. Uh, and it's, the horse poop, however, is organic, so that's one thing that could be nice. It's, but it's they, <laughs> It says today we deliver organic wet horse poop.
0: So, right now, it's uh, it's not letting me select anything but animal, but but, but horse yeah, as the animal.
1: I, I guess I, you know. So I guess you just don't have the clout needed. To
0: maybe just, maybe you see multiple animals because you're a power user.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and, and, oh my god. So this is just amazing. Honestly, like it's amazing that somebody First of all, okay, so if somebody had a whole bunch of horse crap, like this is somebody on a farm maybe somewhere, and they're thinking how can I make some money off this? And compost isn't quite doing it. This is pretty cool. Good for them for coming up with the idea. Uh but basically I mean you th- this is just crazy.
0: Like had, has is it, it is it legal though? Like you legally can send Horse shit in the mail. Like my girlfriend can't even. She has to smuggle in salami from Italy when she comes back. You're telling me that I could send to Italy a box of horse shit, and that's fine.
1: I guess so. You know, 36 countries, and I actually yes, I see the Italian flag here. So it's a good point. Like, what do you write on the customs form? This is a a a gift from a person to a person. Yeah. So um, anyway, if you're hard up for money, there are lots of ideas out there. You just have to think of them. I guess that's what the, the point of this is. And uh, oh wait, I'm going uh, to oh, hear it. Wait, it <laughs> says how to convince customs this is a real gift valued at three to five dollars. That was one of the issues that they had to deal with. Apparently,
0: I'm going to try this.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you let me know how it goes. Um, I'm
0: going to videotape it though. I'm going to do it this week, and I'm going to. I'm going to videotape my friend's reaction, and I'll, I'll send it to the mastermind group.
1: Oh, great. great. <laughs> uh, they have a video review done by somebody on the website, so you'll have to, uh, have to check this out. Anyway, uh, okay, so there you go. Enjoy that one. Uh, <laughs> there is a, a, a device coming out called, actually, I think it's available now. It's called the Sense. Uh, the mother, actually. It's the sense mother. And basically, what this is, it's a SEN.SE. So, it's a, the mother is like, it looks like a Russian doll, uh, uh, you know, the, the ones, the little wood ones. And then there are a bunch of tags. And eventually, basically, what this does is it lets you monitor all sorts of stuff in your house. Or, oh, well, not just in your house, uh, everything you do. So, the little sensors have motion sensors, they can sense temperature. They can sense uh movement, uh orientation, a whole bunch of stuff. And basically they're gonna they're trying to build a whole community about this. But you can wear one on you and it'll work like a Fitbit throughout the day. You can attach one to your coffee machine so it knows how many coffees you've had during the day. Um, you can tell if your kids are got home, you know, put it in their backpack or if your dog is outside. Uh, you can attach it to your toothbrush and see how long you were, you you brushed your teeth for and actually do tracking that way or on a doorway or on a pill bottle. There's actually kind of like really cool uses for this. So you can, you can even use it to track your sleep, um, temperature in various rooms. So it's, it's a pretty interesting way to quantify a lot more of the stuff in your life. And and it looks from what, from what I can see that the dashboard that they created, the app is really slick. And really does give you a great overview of sort of like everything going on in your immediate environment.
0: That's pretty cool. Is it, does it have some integration with smart things or any of these other like home automation softwares? I don't know if it integrates directly, but that, I would imagine it will. Um, there's
1: Quirky, which uh, makes the Wink system. It's a home automation system, but basically it's supposed to be an open, not open source, but open protocol. So it's supposed to be able to connect with all of these other kind of systems <clears throat> and uh, and then basically uh, get them to talk to each other. So yes, it, there's there's sort of a, a natural tendency I think for all of these home automation devices to be able to communicate with each other at some point. But this is a this is a really cool one. I just I love this kind of stuff, and this one seems really well packaged. So there's an article on Uh and Chris has been on the podcast and it's uh, does the, bu- does the gut microbiome play a role in autoimmune disease? And this, this is not really groundbreaking, honestly, this is something that I think is, is, there's lots of studies to show that this is the case, but there's a big connection between autoimmune disease such as Crohn's disease, which I obviously had, and other, other uh, even like type one, type two diabetes, where there's a connection to your gut bacteria and your, your gut microbiome. And you know one of the things in our society at least is that antibiotic usage, C-sections, that poor diet, they all sort of contribute to having a really messed up gut microbiome. I was on a lot, so I was born by C C-section. I was not breastfed because they couldn't get me to do it. I was on a lot of antibiotics throughout my life because I was always, I had strep throat like seven times, I was always sick or something. and. And lo and behold, I developed Crohn's disease. So the good news about that is that you can fix it to some extent, I mean, not completely in every situation, but there is something you can do about it. You can do a lot to improve
0: the, the microbiome in your body. Do you, I mean, do you, do you think that not being breastfed in the C-section were really key, key causes of you developing Crohn's or? I think it's
1: definitely a contributing factor. I really do, Uh, because by not passing through the well, sorry for everybody, but not by not passing through the birth canal and by not getting the uh, colostrum and the benefits of breast milk, yeah, it really sets up my immune system to to not be functioning at its highest level, basically. Um, So there's actually not to get too graphic for people, but there is. It's not a technique even. It's just a recommendation that if a baby is born by a C-section, you can actually take a a swab from the mother's vagina and rub it on the baby's mouth, (laughs) and that will have an effect in terms of helping to populate the gut bacteria. It's important. It's really important. (laughs) This
0: is an interesting podcast between that comment (laughs) and and the express shit. I mean, <laughs> you're really promoting the less doing life. It's a good thing this
1: is an explicit <laughs> podcast. That's all I can say. Um, okay. So anyway, gut health, you know, we need to basically uh, – I'll, I'll two things. This is not in the article, but one thing is probiotics, and I highly recommend uh, a probiotic called Prescript Assist, which I, I, in my experience is really just one of the best probiotics I've ever found. And then the other one is things that really help – Zip up the gut lining, basically things like colostrum, which you can get in powder form or pill form, uh, bone broth, which gives you a really great source of collagen and glutathione precursors. So you're really going to help have a solid like gut bacteria or um, gut wall and uh, a good diet in general. But um, all those kinds of things are going to help. Fermented foods like uh, kimchi or sauerkraut, all those kinds of things will harbor good bacteria, which will help your body itself and also prevent against disease. And even Hippocrates, you know, thousands of years ago said that all disease begins in the gut. So the big question.
0: How, how do you measure that, Ari? Because, um, you know, to your recommendation, I, I've been taking prescriptasis for a little bit now. I mean, I feel fine. I don't really feel any difference on it. Um, is there something in like a blood test that, that can show you that there's been some improvement to your, to the gut bacteria? You know, how do I know it's working?
1: Um, well, one thing, I mean, yeah, that's a fair point or a good question. And some of it is subjective. You know, you just have to see some people will actually feel better. They'll notice a the difference. They'll sleep better. But you can do a test with some, a company like Ubiome, uh, which I'm actually I've advised, and they have, uh, the founder, Jessica Richmond, has been on the podcast. And that's where you're actually sending in a sample of your poop. And then they are sequencing your gut microbiome. So you can actually see how that changes over time if you want to sequence it and multiple times. So you can, you can actually see, just like taking a blood test, you can see how your, your gut bacteria is changing.
0: Maybe I can get a discount with FedEx if I send in my stool sample with expressshit.com.
1: Hey, sorry, you said maybe you can get a discount what?
0: I was saying maybe we, you can get a discount if you send in your stool and uh, do com at the same time.
1: Yes, good idea, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and then use my kickback to get the, in case <laughs> they're late because they're wondering why the hell the package smells so bad. <laughs> uh, okay, so the last link I want to talk about tonight is, uh, there was an article on Lifehacker about how reading fiction can help you live a better life. And I've talked about this before, how I think it's really important to read fiction. And my wife is someone who pushes it on me a lot. And I'm currently reading a book called Skink Don't Surrender, which is by Carl Fiasen, who is one of my favorite uh, sort of just like enjoyable readers or enjoyable reads. The guy writes really cool stories. They're funny. And they all take place in Florida. (laughs) And uh, he actually wrote – the book that would become striptease, the movie with, with uh, what's her name, Demi Moore. So uh, anyway, that's what I'm reading right now. But these are some real reasons why, and there's a lot of studies that show this, but one of the things is that reading fiction uh, will actually help you learn empathy, which is interesting. Um, so it'll help you learn empathy. Uh, fiction teaches you that change is inevitable. So that's another thing, because you're seeing things that aren't necessarily real, but it allows you to sort of expand your mind. It breeds curiosity. Um, and there was one more that I liked that was really good. It also makes you a better storyteller, which I I find that there's certain people and myself included sometimes where you really have to justify things to them. Like how is this actually going to help you in business or how is this going to help you actually improve something? And to me, who's, who I pride myself on being a creator of content. And sometimes that's writing, sometimes it's video, sometimes it's these podcasts I find that when I am reading fiction, my mind just sort of works much better on that level. I'm much more creative, and
0: and it does, and it makes you a better storyteller. So are are you reading anything right now? Um, Yeah, but I never read fiction. The books I'm reading right now are, um, I'm reading Lean Analytics. I'm reading a book on uh, how to lead a team of developers using Scrum. I'm reading The Bulletproof Diet. And then I'm reading a, a book that my doctor recommended called Trick or Treat, and it's basically the the difference between it's it's written by a doctor I think from Oxford about uh, these non traditional medicines and what he considers to be bullshit and not. So yeah, no, I, I I I should read more fiction, but I just never do. Yeah, I, maybe, I that's, maybe no, that's why I'm not a great storyteller. <laughs> um, I like
1: that trick or treat one though. I'm going to look that up. Yes. Well, cool. Okay. Well, Nick, thank you so much for helping with these these two episodes. Really appreciate your time. And people have to go over to CalvinApp.com to check out more about your app. And also, we'll put your email in the in the show notes again, so people can email you here in case they want to
0: get in on the beta. So thanks. Yep. Thanks for having me, Ari.
2: And now for feature Interview.
1: Now I'm talking with Manish Sethi, who is the co creator of a new device that's going to help you change habits for the better the Pavlock. So, Manish, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me.
2: Hey, thanks a lot, man. I'm a big fan of your work.
1: Thank you. Yeah, so we connected the first time, I, I think well over a year ago, and you were looking for my advice on, or what my feedback on, on the upcoming device. And even back then, I, I, I really thought it was a really cool concept. So first of all, t- you know, tell everybody what, what Pavlok is.
2: Sure, so Pavlok is the first wearable device that helps, you, like, that helps you change your behavior, and it helps you break bad habits and stop doing things that you know you shouldn't do. Um, I found that in a world of wearable devices, like we have all these wearable devices that are tracking what we do, and I, said I wanted to try and build something that could help change what we do. And I found that um, a lot of the technologies and tools that we've been using these days and the sensor revolution that's erupted over the last three years has enabled us to track data that we never could have tracked in the past. And tracking for the quantified self people, is an, it's an amazing experience, but a lot of that data is just tracked and never looked at. My goal was to take that to a human level and say, could we build a wristband, a wearable device that helps you actually change behavior based on that data? So Pavlock at its core is a wearable device. It's a, um, it's a little module that you can either attach anywhere on your body or you can pop it into a wristband and put it on your wrist, pop it into an elastic sleeve and put it on your arm. Um, and it vibrates, beeps and shocks on command. Uh, it can electrically shock you with up to 300 volts if you want to, uh, to use the shock. And the, what we found, the power of it in reality is to help you really start to rein in your negative actions and help you train your behavior from a reptilian brain standpoint, rather than from a, a positive rewards uh, human brain standpoint. So that kind of make sense
1: at all. Yeah, so and, and I think that that's sort of the first question. Well, that's one of the first questions that came up for me, and I think that comes up for a lot of people when I tell them about it. Is like why why negatively reinforce rather than positively reinforce? And and I mean, you just answered that, but it's 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 worth uh, enumerating or um, sure. elucidating that a little bit. You know, the mammalian brain and, and it really it doesn't care about the positive reinforcement necessarily as much, right?
2: especially when a positive reinforcement is in the future. So let's right. take an example <laughs> of eating sugar or, or smoking a cigarette, right? When you smoke a cigarette or when you have a piece of candy, your positive reinforcer is the taste of that candy. And it's the, the feeling of the nicotine entering in their bloodstream. The positive reinforcer to quitting a bad habit is extremely hard to find because, you know, you know that you should exercise more. Your human brain says, you know, in 30 years, I'm going to want to be Fit, so I should start exercising. But your instantaneous reptile brain is much more motivated by by instantaneous rewards. So um, the fact that, uh, that your 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 reptilian brain is motivated by negative reinforcement more than positive reinforcement, but the positive reinforcement the that the reinforcers that motivate your reptilian brain are instantaneous. Whereas your human brain, your your prefrontal cortex might plan out a strategy of what it will do in the future, what it will do when it gets home from work. There's no way when I get home from work, I'm going to eat bad food. I'm going to go to the gym. As soon as I get home from work, you might say to yourself, but what happens is that as soon as you get home from work, well, you've exhausted your willpower throughout the day, which means that your prefrontal cortex will have less activity. Anyway, you start to rely on your habits and your mammalian brain kicks in and says, well, I'm going to do what I have to do now. Uh, what I'm used to doing and what I like doing. And that's why people tend to make plans, but don't stick up with it. Don't stick through with them is, is because they don't create the system that allows them to optimize for their brains strategies.
1: Sure. Yeah. And And, and so I I think it's worth pointing out also that yes, it does shock people. and, And a lot of times people hear that like what, why, but, but it, it also vibrates and it also beeps and and sometimes it's literally just that little bit of awareness that can help you you know for example yeah. like i i i somehow i'm not even sure how i've done it but i've i've been able to stop biting my nails which was a habit i had for a very long time and i noticed that i was Almost always, I mean, this took a lot of really like trying to figure it out. But what the only time I was biting my nails was when I was driving for long distances. So it was clearly out of boredom and I wasn't even thinking about it. So, yeah, a certain a beep would have been enough, you know, to let me know or a little vibration. So, it's so much- we,
2: yeah, so you're absolutely right. And, and, and the thing is, like, biting your nails is one of the most requested use cases we have for it. What we've started to do is realize that each individual action and each individualized behavior requires a different model to help you change that behavior. So there's like, there's a whole branch of forming new habits and we've kind of pulled back away from that on Pavlok. We think that there's a lot of companies that are forming habits, going to the gym, um, you know, uh, tracking your fit and tracking your food intake, whatever. Um, and there's really good products that do that. And we, I, and my products, like I'd like it to do that someday, but what we realized the core thing that we can do is help you Break those bad habits, those tics, those things that you do, and maybe you don't even know that you're doing them, or maybe you've been doing them your entire life and you've always wanted a way to stop. The most common ones we get are biting your nails, smoking cigarettes, scratching their head, um, watching porn mindlessly, uh, browsing Facebook mindlessly. Um,
1: watching porn mindlessly as opposed to actively?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Right? Uh, you'd, you'd be surprised at the click-through rate on our do-you-watch-porn ads, like, it's, it's like, would you like to break the habit? There's, they're like insanely high. It's like such a, a hidden problem that I'm Americans sure, have. I'm sure, yeah. Um, but here, here's what I'm getting at. There's, I want to talk to you a little bit about like some of the the studies that have been done on breaking bad habits and in particular smoking cigarettes. So there's a treatment facility out of Seattle called the Shadle Treatment Facility who uses aversion therapy to help you break bad habits. Um, things like smoking, drugs, and alcoholism. And what they do in, in the test, the test study that we've been looking at is they basically bring uh, people who want to quit smoking. On average, they're are 37.1 cigarettes a day that they smoke. So that's just about two-pack-a-day smokers. And they come in, and they, you know, they, they want to join this facility. The biggest thing here is the desire to change. So they, they go in, and they, the, for the first week, they're given some pamphlets on how smoking works in the brain, how it works in your body, how habit cessation works, how this therapy is going to work. Then for the first week, they track how many cigarettes they smoke for that week. The second week, for five days, one hour a day, that you go in and sit down with a doctor who talks you through, you know, your addiction. When do you use it? Gives you some uh, some human feedback and explanation on how it works. And then for about twenty to thirty minutes, they pair you with a shock device. It's actually a shock device that you that the doctor instructs you and says, "Okay, now open up the box of cigarettes, and you get shocked. Now pull out the cigarette, you get shocked." Now bring the cigarette towards your mouth and you get shocked. Now light the cigarette and you get shocked and then put the cigarette, uh, put the nicotine in your mouth, but don't inhale and you get shocked. Those are the five steps. The shock therapy lasts for about 20 to 30 minutes. In no way is this like the crazy shock that you probably are imagining in your head right now. It's uh, the user decides how painful the shock is. The shock is very low. It feels like when you touch a doorknob, it's just some kind of negative reinforcer, right? Just awareness. So you can't, uh, so five days of 20 to 30 minutes, followed by the next six weeks are a support phase. So you get like a weekly phone call, a weekly check-in, and uh, one day of reinforcement, the same therapy. So you get six full days of this, this 20 to 30 minute therapy. A year later, fewer than half of the people who smoked cigarettes at 37.1 on average, fewer than half of them smoked another cigarette. And of the te- of the people who went home to a non-smoking household, almost two-thirds of them smoked zero cigarettes a year later from a total of 120 minutes of of shock, which I think is incredible. Like two thirds of people went home and and never smoked a cigarette again, which almost, it's the best rates of smoking cessation therapy. Like 5%, right? Yeah, 5% and with the best like Nicorette nicotine patches, it's 7.5%. These guys with therapy plus shock came out to 67%. So if we can pull back even to 10%, 10% of people who, who use Pavlok, um, they, the, they follow the, the the training, you know, they track with the wristband, you can click the button to track in the tracking phase. Then there's like an education phase where it explains how the process works. And then you go through a video where the video says, you know, open the box of cigarettes and then it shocks you or you shock yourself. We're testing to see what's more effective right now. Um, And then you do that for five days. Our power is that we've created the first self-contained wearable shock device. So you can actually take it out throughout the day. If you ever have the desire to smoke, you just shock yourself to remind yourself that, no, don't have that desire. And, I mean, we're doing experiments right now to see how well the success rate will be. be. But our goal here is to help people, uh, is to really help people add awareness and break the bad habits that are ruining their lives.
1: So, uh, th- I mean, and that's incredible. And you know, there's all these different studies about how long it takes to change a habit. And there, you know, I've, I've seen anywhere from 21 to 66 days or longer. I mean, to me, and I've experienced the device. Like, I feel like this could break a habit in minutes in some cases. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, so my,
2: like, my, like, so the, the thing that like this is one of the beautiful parts about Pavlok, and it's it's. I've built a lot of online courses, and I've never felt like I was doing something really new. You know, it's like I learned from distilling other people's knowledge into you know, a better way to, to sell or create a product or something. But this is the first time that I think that we're doing something that like modern mm-hmm. science has not accepted or doesn't believe, even though it works, just because it's the technology has never been there before. In the past, the best you could do was a rubber band on your finger that you would, you know, slap right. every time. And that's been shown to work very effectively because it adds awareness. If you actually manage for a few days to snap a rubber band while you bite your nails, you will stop, you will lower or at least notice when you're biting your nails. What we're doing is trying to take that to another level. See, can we automate a lot of these actions? Can we, like, self-administered has been proven to work, but can we uh, even get accelerometer data and know when you're about to bite your nails and beep to warn you? That's sort of what we're building out, uh, building Pavlok out to be. So a couple other things that like are really interesting with uh, with the self administered. Um, So we've been noticing. Have you ever done like Tim Ferriss had a thirty day um, no complaint challenge? Did you ever see that? I've seen it. Yes. (laughs) So his no complaint challenge was like. A complaint is defined as a complaint that has no solution so if you say oh it sucks it's raining that's a complaint but oh it sucks it's raining so i will make sure to put an umbrella by the front door that's not a complaint that's a solution right um and i did that i think i only lasted five or six days but it significantly changed the way that i looked at problems for i I mean this is all anecdotal but i can remember six months a year later as I would start complaining, noticing myself complaining, and then saying a solution at the end of the sentence. So I would stop complaining as much, does Uh that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so for things like swearing, or complaining, or biting your nails, or itchy scratches, or continuous depressing thoughts, or um, obsessive compulsive disorders that are less brain disorders and more just habitual disorders, a lot of these things can be trained just by, first of all, knowing that it's habit. And then at instituting a small amount of training, a small amount of education, and just a little bit of beeping and shocking to self-administer awareness and train your brain to be aware. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, of course. Uh, and and what, so what, what, one of the things I'm curious about, though, is now what about for positive things, you know, things that you do want to do? So then, then are you shocking in the absence of that, or how? I mean, how do you how, how do you promote the good habits?
2: So things like I want to go to the gym, or I want to, yeah. uh, so or I'll I'll eat, I want to eat I want to eat healthier. Sure. Um, okay, I'll tell you this. Here's we we've really pulled back on what the first iteration of Padlock is going to do. In the past, uh, like I have a very specific strategy, and I'm happy to go into it if you want me to about how to form new habits. And it involves what you just said. Um, the fear of shock motivates your your uh, basal ganglia, your habit brain. So I will go to the gym by 5 p.m. or else I will get shocked and it will post on my Facebook wall, something like that. Um, That said, we're pulling back a lot on what we're going to do with regards to forming new habits just because I feel like for Pavlok, it's not the the best thing that it can do. Like there are apps that will charge you money if you fail to hit goals. And that can be as effective as a wristband that shocks you if you fail to hit goals. So we're starting off by focusing on the breaking of bad habits as well as the awareness behavior training. So what that means is, um, we, we have like the power wristband has the self-administered tracking and shocking as well as an API that connects it to other developers products and IFTTT. So you can do things like if I like a uh, like or a post on Instagram beep, like to remind me to stop it or, or shock. If I, um, if I enter a McDonald's or text an ex-girlfriend, you know, shock me. Um, that's and then with our developers, we already have one developer building out a use case for like productivity on your website. So um, but, you know, you're familiar with Rescue Time, I'm sure. Yeah, all right Um, So RescueTime knows what websites you're spending time on and how productive your day has been based on the apps and websites you spend your time on. If you get less than 50% productive, Padlock will vibrate more powerfully until 40%, where it starts to beep more loudly until 30%, where it starts to shock you. So it's more like every few minutes it trains you to know what state of productivity you're in and knock you out of it if you start to find yourself getting off track.
1: Yeah, and so one of the things that, that uh, not to back up too much, but that I want to reiterate for people that's really important is that you know what you said about the smoking, for instance, and about self-administering the shock. That I, I hope I put this in the right words, and you might have to help me a little bit. But it, it, if you're doing something and it's you're wearing the the, the wristband and it shocks you while you do that bad activity, fine. But what you're actually explaining to people is that you can do the bad activity on purpose and shock yourself at the same time. And then you make that connection in your brain. So, you know, so for, like, for example, one of my big things for me is that I, it's, uh, uh, I, I've always been like a really bad sugar addict and it's really bad Mm -hmm. for Crohn's. And so that's sort of my primary thing is that I, I really try to avoid sugar. So, Rather than being like, okay, I'm going to wear the wrist rush and, or the wristband and then at some point during the day, if I happen to have sugar and I'm not even thinking about it, it'll shock me. No, you're actually, I mean, that'll work, but you're actually saying, I could put the band on, I can go to my cupboard right now, eat something sweet and shock myself. And mm-hmm. that's going to make that connection for me. And it's, it doesn't have to be subconscious.
2: So one of my list of things I want to shock myself for are making exaggerated claims that I can't guarantee. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you exactly what my thoughts are legi- legitimately on what you just said. I think like the data shows that what you just said is true. There is no exact study that says if you shock yourself for five or 10 minutes in the morning while you eat sugar, you will develop a, a, a taste aversion directly to sugar. But they have done that exact same type of study on multiple other actions, just like smoking, just like alcohol, things that are positive to your to your uh, reptile brain. Um, and this, the, the data shows that if you start to shock yourself as you manually bite your nail or as you manually say the F word, or as you manually eat a Skittle or a sugar or whatever variety of glucose, you will actually start to experience taste aversion. So you'll stop desiring to do it as much and like the, the theory and what I've read is that the actual flavor tastes worse so Ari when, I think you bought one from us uh, when we get it to you I'm, I would love for you to try it out on sugar you know five or ten minutes in the morning uh, shock yourself as you eat something sugary and then just see how you feel about it throughout the day.
1: No and I, I would absolutely love to experiment with that and, and just to, to sort of you know give people some background on this What I mean I always had kind of a sweet tooth but when I trained for Ironman and I was and I, before I knew a lot of the stuff I knew now I was eating like 10,000 calories a day that was 85% carbs for the most part, which is essentially sugar. And when I stopped Ironman training, basically within a couple of days of me not eating 10,000 calories anymore, I just had the most massive sugar cravings. And now to this day, years later, if I get into a stressful situation or I'm just like being kind of mindless, it, it's something that creeps up and I really have to sort of consciously bring myself back to be like, you know, don't eat that. Uh, and it's something that, that is always kind of there. So I'm really, that this is really like the
2: first thing I'm going to try it with. Yeah, it's really interesting because like the the, – have you read Thinking Fast and Slow? Yes. So it's like you have this fast-thinking brain that is basically your reptile brain that just starts doing what it does. And then you might catch yourself with this slow-thinking brain who's like, yo, I don't even want these chips. Like why am I eating these chips? I'm going to just finish this box, but I won't eat any more chips. And then you finish the box and you your fast thinking brain starts pouring more chips and your slow thinking brain doesn't even like it's rationalizing it or it's trying to figure out what's doing and it just it's like there's a two part conundrum here one is that there's no uh, there's often we don't train our awareness through uh, to like our our, our slow thinking brain to catch itself in time and that can be improved by meditation and uh, the other part is that we don't train our fast thinking brain to have any disincentive to the like amazingness of modern day life, like this incredible life that we live in this amazing time where there's unlimited sugar and unlimited cigarettes and unlimited drugs. Like there's almost legitimately no reason for us not to be gorging and being complete hedonists. Like it's such a great time to live, right? So there's and there's no disincentive to anything anymore. Um, so what what I'm saying here is that. I am trying to develop the proper system that can help you train with self shock and with automated shock. Um, the act of um, training your slow, training your fast brain to have a disincentive, which will lead to an increase of awareness. And ideally, I want to implement an awareness training protocol. We're like you know having some meditation on week two to help you train the the, the uh, prefrontal cortex as well, so you're able to like basically like, you know, sign up for the quit smoking, um, use case, you know, product. And then you'll be able to have the first few weeks of training where you track when you eat sugar. And then, then you, you watch a video where it says, okay, like pull out your favorite sugary foods and for the next 20 minutes, you know, grab one and shock yourself or grab one video shocks you, you know, bring it to your mouth and then shock you. And then the second or third week, we bring in meditation and help train that part of the brain. The whole idea here is I'm not like, we've discovered that this is very effective we are, I'm trying to build out the, per, the perfect way right now to help people with the most important habits change those habits.
1: Yeah, uh, and, the, and I think it's I think it's an amazing cause, honestly, and I think that you're you're doing it in a very effective way. So uh, yeah, it means a lot. Yeah, uh, and now what are well? So first of all, there's an Indiegogo campaign which is going to be going on when we when we put this out, and it's already. Way more than successfully funded, so congratulations yeah, on that. Thanks. Yeah, we
2: hit our we hit our goal of fifty thousand dollars within twenty four hours, so that was really really exciting.
1: Yeah, that's 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 a good sign. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that there's a lot of people that want to change some habits. Sure.
2: Um, I'm not sure if the Indiegogo campaign will be running when this goes live. Uh, our Indiegogo campaign ends at the end of October. I'm sorry, at the end of November.
1: Oh, okay, no, um, but that said,
2: there will be um, the ability to purchase it. In fact, we'll be shipping it. You know, what's cool, Ari? Like. I think that when we met last time, I was saying that you know we're planning on shipping it in May, but like it's probably going to be delayed. We've actually really improved our um, our supply chain, so we might actually be shipping in uh, like we might be shipping the the Indiegogo units in actual April or May, and we'll be shipping. Uh, different versions even faster. So, um, if you, if, yeah, even faster. So, if you head over to p-a-v-l-o-k P A V L O K.com, uh, you'll be able to see the newest version of uh, Pavlock the way that you can get it. Um, also, um, I, I, I can send you over, I don't know if your readers have, uh, I have access to an ebook. It's called Habit Change Theory and Practice, where we talk about habits and how they're formed in the brain. So, I can definitely pass that to your readers. Yeah, we'd and, love to include that. And I think that by the time that this podcast goes live, we'll have a Pavlock app on the app store. So if you just search for Pavlok, um, you'll be able to find it. We'll talk about content. We'll, uh, we have some accountability partner and training for forming and breaking good habits in the app and, uh, by itself. Without cool.
1: Okay. So the last question that I always like to ask on the podcast is, what are your top three tips for people to be more effective? And you can interpret that however you like, but three things that can help people be more effective.
2: Sure. Um I will give you number one. The first tactic that has become the only, the most successful experiment I've ever done on myself for um, getting myself to do things. Everyone knows the story about Thomas Edison and like you should write down the three things you're going to do and then do it as like the, tr- the secret to success. Here's the facts. Everyone knows that they should write down what they're going to do and then do it, and nobody ever does it. And the fact. Is, uh, so what I did was implement a uh, negative reinforcement. Training my brain to make myself write down the three things that I would do each day and not do it, and then actually do it. Here's how it works. Um, I made a bet that every day for the month of September, month of October, month of November, uh, every day by 1030 a.m., I will write down three things that I will do in my to-do list on Basecamp. So it's time-stamped, it has to be done by 10:30 AM. And if I don't write down the three things I'll do, I lose $150. Um, I have an assistant checking it. So if I, you know, if I do it at 1031, I get charged $150. That negative disincentive made me write down the three things I'll do. Then by the end of the day, I have to finish at least two of the three things. If I do two of the three things, I receive a reward of $50. If I don't, I lose a hundred bucks. And if I do all three, I get to reward myself in a special way that I can't say I'm on the call. So my first tactic, (laughs) my first tactic is to, um, seriously identify like the three things each day that you're going to do and then seriously do them. And I really highly recommend making a bet because if you don't, you will not do them. My first, So that was my first tactic is to make sure the MITs are done. My second tactic is bets. So this is a trick that fucking works. People don't believe it or they're always afraid to say yes and afraid to try out their first one. If you have something that you've been trying to do, something on your to-do list, anything, you know, respond to emails, dude, it doesn't even matter. It can be run a marathon Whatever the task is that you want to do, if you tell your loved one or your friend, "I will give you fifty dollars if I don't do this by tomorrow," watch the conversation in your brain because you will just do it. Like you're <laughs> to, the, the difference between pay me 10 bucks and I'll do 20 push-ups versus if I don't do 20 push-ups, I have to pay you 10 bucks is a, like, I don't know if you understand that what I just said, but um, the difference in that conversation where like you know, Ari, if, you were to, if I were to give you 10 bucks, if I don't do 10 push-ups, there's a hundred percent chance I will get down right now and do ten push-ups. I'm not going to lose ten dollars. But if you offered me a positive reward of ten dollars, there's no way I, I would care. It doesn't matter to me.
1: Yeah, so, I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but it's really funny to say that the loss aversion thing is so interesting. There was uh, something I just read that, that this study. And I think it was. Um, I think it was actually Daniel Kahneman that did this, where people went to a movie theater and they, it, the the ticket was ten dollars. And they basically said, like, okay, you walked in the theater, you're going to buy this ticket, but you you just open your wallet and realize that you lost ten dollars. Would you still go ahead and buy the ticket? And like most people said, yes. But then they said, okay, so you bought the ticket, and then you went to go to the actual theater, and when you got there, you realized you had lost the ticket. Would you go back and buy another ticket? And most of them said no. But it's the same ten dollars.
2: Same ten dollars. Humans are not rational it's like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, if I were to say one thing that everyone should do, it's choose one item that they want to finish and make a bet and just watch, just watch what happens. It always gets done. Like for me, I'm severely ADD. It it always gets done at 11, like 1159 or three minutes before it's due, but it gets done and it actually became a superpower. Like to the extent that like in the past, uh, I'm very bad at finishing tasks. I'm extremely disorganized. I'm extremely ADD. Um, and I built these, this product to solve my own problems, obviously. And um, when I started making this bet, it was more than just I started to finish things. It was like I can put down something right now on my to-do list for next Thursday, and it can be do like do an hour-long squat workout at the gym. And no matter what happens, that will get done. Like to the extent that I found myself in a third in another country, going door to door trying to find a gym at like. 10 p.m. See, I'm shocking myself for an exaggeration right there. I just, that's an exaggeration. What really happened was I pro- I committed to doing a workout in my hotel room and I started the hotel room video at 11:45 p.m. because I knew I had to get the video done uh, because the bet was made, right? And so the act of making a bet made me exercise in Istanbul in my hotel room at 11:45 p.m. after returning from a night out because the bet was there. So, that act of creating a bet, it's, even though it feels like you're losing your freedom, it's actually extremely liberating. It's like, it's really liberating. It's like, I have to do this, so I will do this. It's no longer like, I should do this, so let me check my Facebook and Twitter so I can push it out of my thoughts. It's now like a beacon of light of what needs to be done by the end of the day. So my second um, recommendation is to make a bet, and you want one more? Fair yeah, one? please. Um, I hope these are interesting because I know we're going over a little bit. They're amazing. They're awesome. My third one is to, tr- is to identify uh, the power of the accountability partner. So Pavlok was actually came about because I used to hire this girl whose job was to sit down next to me and slap me in the face every time I used Facebook. And it sounds funny, but Ari doesn't seem to laugh at anything I say. So uh, <laughs> like someone used to slap me in the face. What was interesting was the productivity I tracked on Rescue Time. It went from 38% productive to 98% productive. Often I would quadruple the amount of productive work I had by having somebody sit down next to me and make me do what I said I would do. So my what I'm saying here is if you tell, like a bet only works when you have someone checking to make sure you're not cheating. And for most people, having somebody working with them on a project makes things get done 10x faster. So the act of like sitting with somebody or paying someone, I can introduce your readers to some sites where people can pay people to watch them on the, on Skype chat or um, work with them on like on my post on how to hire a woman to, to slap in the face on Craigslist. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote a, I wrote a script on what I posted on Craigslist, and I found like 30 people responded for eight dollars an hour within like a day. Um, the act of bringing somebody in in the morning and telling them what you want what you want to get done by while they're in front of you and then making sure that and then making sure that you finish it by the time that you the, the time that they leave or they don't get their paycheck like it just makes things get done so i found that account of, like the, like in summary what i'm saying is that the first to do is the first way to get more effective is to write down each day the three things that you're going to do and make sure that you do them the second thing is to test out bets to make yourself get things done it fits in very nicely with the list of things that you're going to do and the third thing is to have to add accountability if you have accountability partner plus a bet plus a list you will get some magical things done
1: those are totally awesome uh well you already shared a bunch of the urls with people we're going to have everything in the show notes uh i can't wait to get my device and test it out and it's thanks for talking to me man
2: yeah it's a pleasure thanks a lot
0: okay cheers Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode, and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us you can also get in touch with us on twitter ari's twitter handle is at ari Meisel and mine is at felix bird we hope you enjoyed this podcast see you next time